Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. How's it going? It's going great, man. How are you? Man, I am here and I am ready for another episode. Wonderful. What number is this? This is 39. 39. Okay. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. I'm trying to figure out what kind of momentous celebratory thing will we do for episode 50? Well, uh, it can't be any greater than what we did for episode 37, which was our first giveaway. Or 38. 38. Wait a minute, 38. Sorry. You got to do the math. 38 (laughs) was our first giveaway. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just tell you, I, on Sunday... Uh, you know, I did try and count the pumpkins yes. and it was difficult. It was difficult. There are so, so many. And people were making guesses, right? Yeah. They were sending in guesses. So it was, it was just like a, a random, uh, people just guessing from what they remembered from yeah. memory. It wasn't like you walk up to one of those jars of jelly beans, how many are in here and you can kind of estimate. It yeah, was like yeah. working from memory. Yeah, exactly. So the actual number was 34 pumpkins on the 34. stage. Yes. How, and somebody got really close. If you'd like somebody to go ahead did. and reveal the winner. Yeah. Yeah. So we do have a winner, uh, with a guess of 32 wow. pumpkins, Laura Jensen. Laura Jensen. Hey, thank come you so on much down. for, uh, for uh, competing and yes. uh, yeah, so we're an amazing prize. You what, know what is the is? prize? Here is the prize: a twenty-five dollar Amazon gift card. Twenty-five dollars to you by Amazon. Wow! You pay taxes, so we don't have to. That's amazing. Amazon. That's uh, great. So yeah, twenty-five dollar mm-hmm. gift card to Amazon and uh, Laura. Just look for that. It's coming. It'll be delivered to your home. It's going to be shipped to you. And uh, through the magic of through the technology, it's going to be delivered to you. That's amazing. So we want you to know that. So hey, when we say we're giving stuff away, we we don't play. No, it's serious. Yeah, twenty five dollars Amazon. Laura Jensen, congrats! Yeah. If you see her on Sunday, feel free to congratulate her. Yeah. I mean, I think it's worthy. Yes, it's worthy of congratulations. Yes, there is great worth <laughs> with, with this. There's great honor uh, no that comes with winning this competition. Yeah, no, so. and, and people are going to take us seriously now. The next time we toss out some kind of little mm-hmm. uh, spur of the moment yeah. kind of competition contest, you watch. People yeah. are going to be in after this one. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a great, I mean, next time the the prize is going to be even better. I mean, we were just talking maybe a tour of the podcast room. Absolutely. Who knows? Maybe you get to. I was speaking with someone in the church this week, Mm -hmm. uh, Jared, and they referred to this room, which is upstairs in the building. And um, they referred to it as the podcast room. So this, this room, we actually have our own room. Yeah. It's Uh, official. There's actually people that have podcasts that people listen to. They Mm -hmm. don't even have their own podcast. That's right. No one listens to us and we've got our own room. (laughs) That is impressive. We've got some listeners. We do. They just don't realize that we have a room. And now that they they know, know. now they're going to want everyone. So we're planning a grand opening and a tour and all kinds of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to sell like levels of, uh, uh, you know, funding for membership. Yeah. Membership. Podcast membership. Uh, Yes. Subscription membership. Grace Church Conversations members. Hello. Oh man, that's good. Well, anyway, congratulations, Laura Jensen. Yeah. And, uh, you, you done good. Yeah. So hope you guys, uh, hope you make use of that gift card and (laughs) enjoy that. And, uh, you know, just, just know that, that gift card is worth more than the funding for this podcast. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> oh, yep. man. All right. Well, um, we did get some questions on Sunday as we started uh, First Thessalonians. Right. Uh, it was a good time. Um, as a reminder to your listeners, uh, feel free to text in your sermon related. Re- <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Text in your sermon related questions to 469 573 2920. And uh, why don't we jump in uh, to these questions, Craig? Could I say something right there? 
I'll allow it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> can they also email now that we yeah, opened yeah, up yeah, the email? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, podcast at gracechurchfrisco.org. Podcast at Grace Church. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, here's our first question. Uh, here we go. You mentioned in verse five that the Holy Spirit came in power and they responded with full conviction. Is there a significance to the separation in the text of the gospel coming in power and also seemingly separately in the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that is a really good question. Somebody's paying attention. Someone has their ESV illumination, whatever journal <laughs> yeah. Bible going on. In all seriousness, if you got that little First Thessalonians journal Bible, you mark it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you do that, you come to a passage like this and you go, are those three successive things, power, Holy Spirit, and full conviction, or are they related? Or mm-hmm. So someone was asking a great, uh, a great question. And uh, sort of my short answer is, um, I think there's more than one way to look at it. And I didn't build a big case of this yeah. is a hill to die on. But some people, some commentators point out that when it says it came uh, in power, the gospel came to you in power and in the Holy Spirit, that likely the power there is referring to uh, the word, uh, the Greek word is power or powers, sometimes it's used. Um, And it's translated elsewhere as miracles. Um, Mm. So some people think uh, that it could be a passage where Paul is saying, um, the gospel came to you with miraculous power and through the Holy mm. Spirit and conviction. So it was preached through the Spirit, and then there was, th- and that and that message brought conviction to your heart. So a parallel. There's a couple of parallel verses I would share with this person that you could uh, look up. One would be Romans 15:18. So some commentators say this is what's going on. Paul saying the same thing he says there. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. So there he says, what came to the Gentiles, word and deed, signs and wonders, and the power of the Spirit. So he gives those together. So does the author of Hebrews does the same thing in Hebrews 2, I think it's verse 4, says the same thing. So it could be that he's talking about that, um, or it could be that he's saying three separate things. The gospel came to you in power, in the Holy Spirit, and full of conviction. If that's what he's saying, then I think obviously the Holy Spirit is the overarching um, presence that produces power through a preached message, through perhaps even signs and wonders, you know, miracles, maybe healing, something like that. And it brings conviction of sin. Um, it brings a full conviction, I'm sorry, not of sin, but a full conviction that what's being taught is true. So we know there's a preached gospel. We know the Holy Spirit attends the preaching of the gospel. We know the Holy Spirit, for someone to have faith, must bring conviction and a confidence that what's being communicated is true. And it could be that that's all powerful, mm. which it is, or it could be that he's talking about a different kind of power. I, I, I read a number of different people who said a number of different things. I looked at their arguments about language and what that word power means. And I just didn't come down on a, I didn't make a decision that I was um, strong enough with to build a big case Sunday. So I just said the spirit comes and they had conviction and the spirit came with power. I just kind of said they're, they're all true and uh, didn't try to make the signs and wonders plus preach plus conviction. I didn't go there. So that's kind of how I handled it, but the person's right. There's more than one way to look at it. Yeah, that's good. Um, All right. And then we got a second set of questions here. Um, definitely thinking along the lines of election, um, you know, that, that always can bring up some questions for sure. No doubt. So here we go. Uh, 
here it is. Craig ended the message talking about election. If God has pre-chosen his people, then why live any differently if we know where we end up anyway, which is with Christ? Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, And we have a couple questions. We'll talk a little bit about election. Anytime I mention this, and I I don't wear uh, sort of the doctrine of election or what's called the doctrines of grace. I don't wear that on my sleeve looking for every point, every opportunity I can sort of insert that. I saw you you preached in the shirt that said it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I, I, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, I I don't look uh, to try to just you know, all the time lean in, where can I talk about election? Mm. But if it's in the text, we don't shy away from it and we just let it have it say. So the person's saying something very reasonable. If God's chosen us, we're going to be saved. What, how we live, how does that even, uh, how does that even matter? Well, I think the scripture teaches that God elects us, chooses us so that we will live godly life. So it's not, does it matter if I live a godly life, if I'm chosen, that's the very reason he chooses us or Mm -hmm. one of the two primary reasons. So in Ephesians one, it says, um, Paul writes, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Verse four, even as he chose us the same language in him before the foundation of the world, that what we can do whatever we want, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. So he says the very reason he chose us is to live godly lives. Now in the passage we looked at in first Thessalonians on Sunday, it's going to go on in the, in the rest of the first chapter and say, your example has gone out like everywhere. Everybody has heard about what happened in you. And so there is that sense that God's work, he, God chose you so that he could communicate the truth of who he is to others. So yeah. it radically matters yeah. uh, how we live. And then also we were chosen to bring him glory. So in the same Ephesians passage, I was just reading the next verse says this, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. And so it's saying that, uh, you know, God chose us. Why? So that we would believe in him. And so that when um, it is clear that we've become Christians, that we're followers of Christ, it's it's all an advertisement of his grace. It's yeah. a praise. It's an honor to his grace. No one looks and says, wow, you're you're incredible, but they, they should look and say, God is incredible yeah. that he, that God is incredible. He saved me. So, um, I think two reasons from Ephesians one, but then also the text we're in, in, uh, first Thessalonians is certainly we are chosen to display God's character. That's his godliness and to bring praise to him. So just the, the impulse could be, uh, it doesn't matter if sort of like there's this determinist point of view. It doesn't really matter. Well, it does really matter. God uses the gospel to bring us to faith. And then he, uh, demonstrates his own power and character through us. So, yeah. I think the doctrine of elections meant to bring us comfort mm-hmm. and encouragement. That's what was ha- we talked about that. That's what's happening in First Thessalonians to a yeah. persecuted church. He's wanting to know you are loved by God. Yeah. He doesn't say everything that we can know about our free will, about mm-hmm. our choice, about our faith. Yeah. He doesn't go into all that. He just says know that you are, you are defined as chosen. And so yeah. the sort of um, identity that that brings when, when there can be so much question about, mm-hmm. does God really love me when I'm yeah. suffering? Does God love me when I'm being persecuted? Like first Thessalonians, does yeah. God love me when the church is really having a hard time? Like first, Thess- I'm sorry, first Thessalonians. Then one of the first places we go, we only get a few verses into the book and yeah. he's saying, 
you're chosen, you're yeah. loved. These, these statements of God's care for us mm-hmm. so that we're, we're meant to sit back in the church instead in Thessalonica, rather than saying, why us? You know, like, I can't believe this is happening to us. It's more like, why us out of all the people in the world? Why did you open our eyes and build yeah. us into a church? So it's a great comfort. Yeah, that's really good. It, it also, um, another passage I was thinking of was, you know, just Romans eight, uh, you know, verses 28 and 29 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for mm. good for those who are called according to his purpose. And then verse 29, this is here. It is for those whom he foreknew. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, yes. um, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And so, uh, this idea that we're not just elected to, you know, someday in heaven, but we're elected for now, we're elected to be conformed right now. Yes. Um, and, and that, you know, we can trust in the process that, that God has us in, that it's not to give us a super cozy life. It's not to, it's not to make us successful necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's not to do these different things. It's so that we can be conformed into the image of, of Christ. That's really well um, said. And, uh, and so I think kind of, you know, just definitely along the same lines of, um, we're given this doctrine to give us hope, mm-hmm. uh, to give us, uh, you know, a sense of trust in the process that, that God has us in, mm-hmm. uh, that the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts to, to create in us the, that image of Christ to make us more like him. Um, and even here, it's, you know, God works all things together. So it's, it's not going to look a, a certain way, but even when our maybe our walk with God, maybe our life looks a little bit different from another Christian's, mm-hmm. we can still say, doctrine of election, you know, God has called me. He and is, he's conforming he's me. He's conforming me, and mm-hmm. he's using all these things that might look different from someone else's life, but he's still using the things in my life to conform me. Yeah, that's really good. When I read passages in the New Testament that talk about his calling, his choosing, his election, that kind of thing, um, they're almost always, like we saw Sunday and like we just read in the two passages, the one from Romans you read and the one in Ephesians I read, they're always tied to godliness, life mm-hmm. change. So if we have a doctrine of election that leads us to be lazy, to care less about obedience, to evangelize less, to pray less, we have not understood uh, what the doctrine is all about. Well, that's uh, that's a really helpful way to think about it. And, uh, you know, it is a difficult doctrine um, to sometimes kind of what you're saying, like we we sometimes approach it and see it as maybe like it's a window into the hidden will of God. We're going to understand all these other you know, aspects that, you know, a lot of theologians get into and there's a lot of uh, discussion to be had. There's a lot of debate too. Sure. Um, but uh, you know, like, like we've been saying, I, th- I think it's really helpful to kind of just settle in on, you know, what's Paul's intent. It's spring hope. Um, yes, it is. I think that's really good. And then that kind of leads us into the, to another question from the same individual. They said, secondly, if God has only elected a few to be with him, then what does that say about God? Does he desire or need some people to be elected to death in hell? Well, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and get deep quick, right? That, yeah, I, seriously. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the question. And it's interesting, anytime you, the doctrine like this is in a passage, it, it, certainly, uh, it, it certainly springs up and raises questions. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate that. Um, I guess I would say this. I didn't say Sunday, nor is the person saying that I said Sunday, but I didn't say Sunday um, that... God has only elected a few. Mm. As a matter of fact, when I read the text of scripture, um, we don't know um, how many will believe in Christ. Uh, but I think the image of scripture that we get from the, a, vision, a particular vision in the book of Revelation 
um, is really encouraging to me that yeah. the, the gospel ministry is tremendously hopeful because in Revelation 7, um, chapter 7, verse 9, it says, this is John speaking about a vision that he has. And he says, after this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Mm. Uh, I've always been moved by that passage um, because it, it seems to communicate that um, many will believe, you yeah. know, a, a large number, that it will be diverse, you know, um, that it will not just be a, you know, modern um, sort of Western uh, people, yeah. you know, uh, that, yeah. that look something like you and me or something. Not right. at all. I trust will be a mi minority there, which would be wonderful. All tribes, all peoples, mm -hmm. all languages, a multitude that no one can number. Now, obviously, this is figurative. He doesn't mean that. Wow, every this number, this number doesn't exist. He's not saying that <laughs> An infinite number. Yeah, he's not saying that. <laughs> the, that no one could. There is no calculable number or whatever for this. He's. It's just a way of speaking. Say many people. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's that's very encouraging. We don't know uh, what that number is, but it does communicate that God's grace will touch a large group of humanity. So what yeah. does that say about God? That's what the questioner asked. What yeah. does it tell us about God? Well, it tells us that God's a saving God and God is gracious everyone, mm -hmm. uh, that he will save people, a great number of people through faith in yeah. Christ. So it says that. Um, and then also he says, well, does God is asking the person's asking here, she's asking uh, the question about, um, you know, what theologians called reprobation people, um, people who don't, um, who aren't in this picture of heaven from the future, but who rather, uh, are condemned for their sins. The way I read, people read this and respond differently theologically, but I don't read uh, God's election and God's condemnation as sort of parallel in mm. scripture. Um, and I think I may have shared this before on the podcast, but I view, um, and the way, I, the way I come at that is to say that um, at the final judgment, I view in essence the cause um, of people's eternal destiny to be different. So John three sixteen, for instance, God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, uh, but have everlasting or eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the, uh, the world might be saved through him. So uh, whoever believes will not perish, uh, obviously, but it's by grace. It happens mm -hmm. that, that that belief is a gift of grace. By grace, you are saved through faith, yeah. Ephesians 2. So I think those who know Christ and uh, who enter into eternal life, new heavens and new earth, do so because of the grace of God. So if you find yourself in eternity with Christ, it is because of grace. Uh, it's because he chose you. It's because he opened your eyes. It's because he died for you. It's because <laughs> he called you. It's because um, all of these aspects of what he has done for you, grace. 
Okay, so what if you're condemned? Well, uh, verse 18, the next verse, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So obviously in this passage, belief is necessary uh, for uh, for eternal life, but that belief is the work of grace. It's the mm-hmm. work of God in us. So if you are condemned, it's because you refuse Christ. You do not believe. So it seems to me like the basis for salvation is grace, through faith, the mm-hmm. basis for condemnation is unbelief. Yeah. Uh, it's resistance to God. So I don't view yeah. those as exactly parallel. Um, and so that's kind of how I, uh, how, I come, uh, how I come at it. I believe that God at the end is glorified over all, over eternal life and judgment. And his holiness will be glorified and honored. His grace yeah. will be glorified and honored. All his attributes will be glorified and honored. But I, I, what I don't read in scripture, uh, and again, we're way off probably the first Thessalonians text. We're, yeah, we're definitely way off of it at this point. <laughs> but yeah. what we don't read in scripture is someone standing before God and saying, I was yearning, I was aching, I I so wanted to know you. I so wanted to serve you. I was leaning in with all my heart to be a child of God and to know Jesus Christ. And then someone, uh, you know, in the traditional lore, St. Peter or whatever, you know, pulls out this big book and says, "Hmm, hmm, hmm, well, that's nice, but you're not on the list. You know, you just don't see it that way. It's it's, uh, people ultimately get what they want. If they don't want Christ and they reject him, yeah. uh, that's what they get. Yeah. If they, if by grace their eyes been opened, they, they've come to believe, then yeah. they receive the, the gift through faith. Yeah. Um, so that's how, that's how I've read it biblically. And yeah. it, it, it's a little bit of a different, a little bit of a different nuance. Yeah. Well, I think it's helpful that you, you kind of say that. Cause I, I do think we need to resist, um, kind of that picture of the, of basically, you know, the person saying, I want to repent, right. but you, but you, you didn't give it to you me. You didn't, didn't give it to me. You didn't let me repent. And it's just, as if it's God's is, fault. Yeah. As if God is withholding grace when we're, mm-hmm. when we're yearning for it. And the reality is, is like scripture does not paint mm-hmm. humanity that way. Scripture paints humanity as, as the people that are running off in rebellion against yep. God. And it's in the midst of their rebellion that that's when Christ dies for their sin. Absolutely. You know, uh, that, you know, that's what Romans tells us. Uh, and so I think it's really helpful to just kind of remind ourselves of, you know, we're tempted to think of ourselves one way. Mm-hmm. We're tempted to think of maybe humanity in a way. Mm-hmm. We're tempted to think of, um, I mean, goodness, we know, I, I know people who are not believers who are just, I, I like them. Mm-hmm. I, they don't seem that bad to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, it's easy to use our own and categories. I know believers of, that do sound yeah, seem that exactly. bad to me. It's just like, are you sure you're a Christian? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's easy to slip into patterns of right. our own judgment rather than, Allowing God to be the judge, right. trusting that trusting. he's going to, you know, the judge of all the world will do rightly. Yeah, you know, absolutely. he's going to do justly. He's absolutely. he's righteous. No one will be able um, to accuse him of yeah, being unjust. That's right. And so I, I think there's a lot of, you know, in the midst of our questions, because, um, you know, there are going to be questions that we just, you know, we're not going to get to the end of it and say, I feel completely satisfied mm-hmm. that that was answered. But we can feel completely satisfied in the fact that God is righteous. Mm-hmm. God is good. God is truly loving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we can, you know, kind of leave the decision to him and say, I'm so thankful that I'm yeah. not the judge. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And I think one, we'll just close with this maybe, um, 
I think just to look at it in context uh, in First Thessalonians that we saw that really the reminder that of the whole the whole reason this came up this the verb that Paul uses chosen is the same verb for elect that the whole reason this came up is because God is communicating to people his church that you are loved yeah. people that they are loved so that there is a security and mm-hmm. the if you look around at circumstances we often feel insecure yeah. And we often try to f- create our own security. How can I, you know, through wealth or whatever our thing that we want is health, mm-hmm. comfort, success, um, a problem-free life, whatever it is that we say, if I had that, I'll be secure. Yeah. Um, and the reality is that the only security that ultimately is satisfying is the security we find in God creating us in his image and mm-hmm. loving us, sending Christ for us to, yeah. uh, to give his life for us. And then God showering that love on us, even while we were opposed to him. Yeah. Uh, and then being treasured as his child, just the reminder of that. So this doctrine... Um, is to function, the street level value of this doctrine is that it is to function to create security and worship in our hearts Mm. and to propel us to godly living, confident that he's at work, as you read in Romans 8. So this doctrine boosts us tremendously so that I don't have to worry, am I in or I'm out? Did I have enough faith? Am I good? No, God is faithful and I can... Um, you know, you know, I, I can live my life at rest, secure in my identity in him and in his love for me, uh, no matter what happens. Yeah. And uh, that is solid. So anyway, I love the person's questions. They're mm-hmm. great. I'm not trying to push back on this individual. No, I love the questions. All. I would just say the doctrine is not speculative. The doctrine mm-hmm. has tremendous functional value as yeah. we walk with Christ. A lot of mystery to it all, but there's tremendous value because it points us to a gracious God. And we can look forward to the day that we stand um, by faith with people of every tribe, tongue, yeah. and nation, a, a number too great, to, a, a, a throng, a group too great to number because of God's overwhelming mercy. Yeah, that's good, man, and very encouraging. So thank you for your questions, guys. Thank yeah. you. These are really good. Um, cool. Well, I, I don't know if we have anything coming up that we need to talk about. No, but I would like to could I little, say a little word to those people who bought their... Uh, their little, uh, you know, journal Bibles. Mm-hmm. It's not a Bible, but a journal of first and second Thessalonians. Yeah. We sold out two Sundays in a row. <laughs> so I think, I think we've bought what we're going to buy. I don't know that there'll be any more Sunday. Uh, there was maybe a few left over for Sunday. Yeah. But, um, so t- I just want to let you know, if you're reading in that, taking notes, uh, you're prepping for Sunday, the plan right now is we'll finish chapter one on Sunday. So if you cool. take your notes or underline your come, come ready, um, and then um, I just want to let you know where we're going. We'll finish out chapter one on Sunday, but off to a, a fun start with everybody. So yeah, thanks great. for your questions. Thanks for responding. And yeah. um, come worship with us in our 34 pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Looking forward to it. Well, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate you always, you know, taking time to prepare and go over these questions. And um, just, uh, you know, this is a tremendous help, I think, to be able to hear your thoughts kind of on these these other aspects of, you know, that you're not able to get to on Sundays. And so just appreciate your time well, thank you, and Jared. willingness to get together. So I'll see you later, I guess so. And we'll see you guys again next week uh, for another Conversations podcast. Take care.